0: I'm Joseph. And I'm Nick. And this is Fish Jelly.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How are you? Uh, uh, sehr gut. Wie geht es Ihnen? Oh, <laughs> speak that How German. How are you?
0: I'm, 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 I'm missing you. <laughs> I don't know why wow. I'm coughing, sorry. Um, you're in Berlin right now. Yes sitting in your hotel with the bathroom door open um <laughs>
1: well this is not on camera
0: no it is on camera
1: for you but not the general public
0: yeah I'm gonna post this will be our, yeah uh, you I told you remember one time we were gonna film the podcast so that because anchor does like video
1: podcasts Oh, well, yeah, that, that was not clear. I have so many things to keep up with right now. That is That was not clear.
0: You look great. You sound great. <laughs> so let's not worry about it.
1: That could be a closet. Nobody knows what that is.
0: <laughs> the, so I've stayed in this hotel and um, the rooms are pretty small, but the hotel's, cute. And the, festival the hotel's paid, very cute. and the festival paid for you to be there. So there you go. Yes.
1: But it, it's. I just need a place to come back and write that's my own
0: so and they have a cute little breakfast uh like restaurant space which I recall so that's all you need and it's very very close to the happenings of the festival yes yeah um but first I wanted to start off by saying um I forgot to mention this like over a month ago when people had asked about sponsoring our podcast which I didn't quite understand what that meant but then I added like some financial information and so d- never said that I did that. And then all of a sudden we started getting like people sponsoring the podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you. I think that's really sweet. We didn't, yes. we didn't start doing the YouTube videos or recording a podcast with the idea of like making money. It was just a fun activity that we could do together. So it's been really nice that people seem to um, enjoy us sometimes. <laughs> According to the statistics 90% of the time. Uh, so that's lovely and if a person wants to give they can. Also we have been asked about a P.O. box so people can send us things. I'm assuming like t-shirts and movies and whatever else we say we like. Boxer um, though. Uh, yeah f- yeah fine fragrances um gift cards no <laughs> but um so i'll provide the po box in the description of the episode as well If anybody
1: has uh access to walid's pita chips
0: can we talk about that because you know nick has the memory of um a golden elephant and we this was like what 2009
1: maybe no we were in west hollywood this is probably like 2012
0: Oh, this was in West, you know, okay. It was in West Hollywood and we were, uh, we picked up some, well, you picked up some pita chips from Ralph's. The Ralph's on- They home. were on sale.
1: They were in their discount section.
0: <laughs> and it was on the one, it was the one on Ralph's and uh, La Brea and Fountain, correct?
1: Yeah, it was not rock and roll Ralph's, yeah.
0: It wasn't the rock, rock and roll Ralph's. And it, they were called Walid's pita chips. And these pita chips were like, to explain to the people why they're so special.
1: Okay, well, I am a man that loves lots of seasoning. And, and lots like of, yeah. Nick likes um, lots of flavors. He likes sauce. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I like options uh, with my food. And uh, they yeah. were just delicious. Yeah, and you,
0: so then, I think you of only, course, to, go ahead.
1: They were out, they were out, they stopped, they discontinued them, but I remember doing research online. Well, I'm going <laughs> to see, you only ever
0: had the one bag. Yeah. And then you searched so hard. And every time, if if you mention pita chips to Nick, he will talk about Walids. If you mention Facasha to Nick, he will talk about this goddamn restaurant in Denver somewhere that he had Boulder. the best facasha, Boulder, Colorado. I was, had-
1: I was under several substances uh, at this dinner, but they served focaccia that I could not like. It it was it blew my mind, uh, and that was in Boulder, I believe, at the only, however they advertised advertised as authentic Indian tea house in the nation, <laughs> um, and with a very pretentious and flamboyant waiter. Um, but yeah. Uh, So, so
0: that's that. But moving on, um, I, while I've been keeping up with Drag Race while you're busy with Berlin, which we'll talk about shortly. Um, Mm -hmm. But just to give a recap, so RuPaul's Drag Race season 14, episode six. It was the Glamazon Prime Challenge. So the premise was that Michelle Visage orders so much stuff online, it's all junk that she doesn't need. So they gave all the queens these like, what look like Amazon Prime boxes filled with junk. And then they, of course they had to create outfits
1: for like um, a challenge. And- uh, well, Okay, I haven't watched this yet, but we don't need all that backstory, RuPaul's Drag Race, like just give him a box of shit. You know, I agree. I agree, just give them
0: a, yeah, just, I, yeah. Definitely. I'd rather spend more time watching them construct the garments and how they're, like the methodology behind their design. I feel like it's, you know, like the beauty of Project Runway and why I enjoyed Project Runway for so many seasons was like, we actually, yeah yes, there was drama. I don't think, I, I think they kept it pretty integrous like by not trying to incite drama, but they would certainly capture it. But it real, the show really did focus on people's talent and on this show, it's like some of these queens are very talented designers and can construct garments. And then even the ones who can't are very creative and how they use hot glue. And, and it sounds silly, but it's kind of remarkable what some of these queens can come up with without having like this solid skill set, not unlike. Um, you know, there are a lot of very famous, uh, musicians who don't read music or don't never were trained on how to play instruments. And then knowing how they go through the process of creating these songs, I feel like I wish the show focused more on these people's like raw talent. And instead like, instead of wasting five minutes of our time on this bull, bullshit premise, but anyway, in the top were, or what, well, first of all, the judge, um, the guest judge was Taraji P. Henson, which I have to say, whoever did her makeup, she looked crazy. She, It looked like they put a lot of highlighter on her, but it was like gold highlighter. Yeah, she looked kind of crazy, but she was very sweet. She actually came back into the workroom after the critiques and spoke to the girls. And she she actually had a nice little talk. She just talked, she didn't listen.
1: About well, I mean, she was, she was a good guest judge on Legendary too.
0: Yes. So I so I, I, I thought that was really cool. Um, in the top were Angeria, Georges, and Lady Camden. And it was kind of cool to see Georges in the top because she was in the bottom last week. She did that amazing lip sync. Mm-hmm. Um, and her original outfit she was trying to make because she's not a seamstress was made out of this like fleece material. So it was just like, it didn't fit. It was Uh, shedding everywhere and at the last minute Angeria gave Georges some of her leftover material and Georges made a really cool outfit that I thought and the judges also said looked like something Beyonce would wear on stage it was very polished it was very simple but it was very well put together and she looks great Um, so Georges won which was people were mad you know this episode also we got a lot of time with who's the one who is um, Crystal Method's sister or daughter?
1: Diabetica.
0: Diabetica, that bitch was mad the entire episode because RuPaul, it was a really awkward scene because RuPaul comes to the workroom and says like, with Carson Kressley and they're like, okay, so what are you doing for your design? And then in a really awkward moment, Diabetica says, I've only been safe So I've never received any critiques. So since you're in front of me, could you tell me what I can do to take it up a notch? And they basically tell this bitch that you're like, you just read as like a carbon copy of Crystal Method. So maybe you need to like do a better job of showing who you are because you keep saying you're not like her. But then, and then of course, they edit in all of her runways next to Crystal Methods and she looks just like her. And that's
1: like saying, please hurt
0: me right right or like why didn't you call me back or why don't you want to see me again because I don't want to bitch (laughs) like yeah like um yeah so yeah that was awkward so then of course uh she is mad the entire episode and then when Georges wins she is so mad like she didn't deserve to win but then her outfit looked just like something crystal method would wear so it's like you you still did what they told you not to do
1: but you know she just might have to eat more crickets or dragonflies. Thanks.
0: Right. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, so in the bottom are Jasmine Kennedy, who they said her outfit looked like if you mix like Alyssa Edwards from her first season with like Nicole Page Brooks. That shit was so ugly and her makeup looked terrible. And then Maddie Morphosis was in the bottom because she She even said she didn't know what she was making. And then she tried to tell this weird story about how she was like a country girl going to a line dance. And then she had this blow-up doll that she dressed up and walked like the runway with this blow-up doll. It was so raggedy. The construction of her garment was raggedy. And you know, Jasmine Kennedy is a fierce dancer. Uh And then I I watched Untucked and they had a huge fight in Untucked between Mm. Jasmine and Maddie Morphosis because Jasmine was basically like, whomever's in the bottom, which is probably gonna be you, Maddie, I'm gonna wipe the floor with your ass. Like, like, don't, like, there, there's not even a question of whether or not I'm gonna win. So of course, Maddie was like being com- competitive and kind of aggressive, like, no, I'm gonna beat you. And then they get on the stage and you know what song came on? Fucking Sugar Mama by Beyonce. So it's like, well, <laughs> Maddie lost because Jasmine Kennedy is like, that's the kind of music she performs to. So I don't think she was, it, it. it's not a lip sync I would ever watch again on YouTube, but she did do a good job. And poor Maddie, she just couldn't keep up. I, I think she did a good job with what she could do, but she couldn't keep up with Jasmine. So Maddie got sent home. Of course, she didn't have the golden chocolate bar. Moving on to... Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, UK versus the world. (laughs) This challenge was the RuPaul Ball, which again, it was a very stupid premise because RuPaul says, I want you to, like like for the main challenge, they had to design three looks that were based on Kitty Girl, Butch Queen, and You Wear It Well. So three RuPaul songs. But then that, that RuPaul says, make an outfit that I would want to wear. But then she tells them, but I, I want it to be inspired by me, but I don't want it to like look like me. I thought that was so stupid. Like, <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> but anyway, they do that. Um, in the bottom are oh. Cheryl Hole and Jujubee. Jujubee. <laughs>
1: hmm
0: <clears throat> and uh, god I just thought Juju B looked so her drag her drag since the very first time we ever met her to me looks like something you would buy at the mall and somehow she there are very few moments throughout her like drag race career that I thought she'd looked amazing in all-stars her second all-stars when she wore that like Asian inspired whatever she was wearing I thought that was like top notch but other than that I think she looks like she just buys like she just buys regular ass wigs I don't even think she stacks them she just buys like cheap wigs that you would throw on and then she looks like she's wearing dresses from those cheap places in the garment district but in the Santi Alley yeah Santi Alley but in the top are Janie, JK and Jimbo at the top in the top and then of course they have to uh, lip sync for their legacy and they do it to um RuPaul's supermodel but it was like a remix version and Janie J.K. wins not surprised but Jimbo and Janie in the back like when they were talking with the people in the bottom they both said like if I if I keep you will you have my back (laughs) so um Janie J.K. sends home Cheryl Hole, <laughs> oh. which I was surprised by because I think Cheryl Hole deserves to stay. I I mean, I'm kind of tired of Jujubee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired of her too. Okay. I want to move on because I want to give you enough time to talk about Berlin. Um, but so I was a huge fan of the real world on MTV back in the early 90s <laughs> and watched them like religiously up until like season eight, I think. But um recently with paramount plus they did the real world homecoming new york so the original cast from new york did like spent like a week in this in the same apartment loft um that was boring and i didn't enjoy it at all and then right when you like the night you left to uh berlin i hopped on and i saw that there they had the real world homecoming los angeles and i was a much bigger fan of the la cast but I was apprehensive because I'm like, "Is this is gonna be some bullshit, but I have to say it was really good. Um, so the original cast members, uh, which were Tammy, John, Beth S, Irene, David, Glenn, Beth A, Dominic, and Aaron. But uh, Dominic didn't wanna be participate, so he's not on it. And then Aaron also didn't wanna participate. So it's just the others. But I don't know if you remember, so you know who Tammy is, Tammy Roman. Um, We we had an interaction, well, we saw her at IHOP. We saw her at IHOP one day at the IHOP in West Hollywood. And this was very shortly after she had her heart attack. So we were watching what she was eating and she was eating some old greasy ass omelet. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I'm laughing because she didn't die. But um, and then people know her probably most from being on many, several, many seasons of Basketball Wives. So she is uh, she really is a reality TV pioneer because she is part of this show in 1993 that was that sort of like the genesis of the format and then she's also been on basketball wives for a long time which is also you know it is a derivative of other things we've seen like love and hip-hop and whatever but and of course the real housewives but still she's a veteran um but you you probably don't recall this but her that season of the
1: real world the big get mouth wired one- shut or something Yes, but the even bigger I know that because you talk about it all the time.
0: Yes. Well, the bigger controversy was that there's a castmate named David, David Edwards, who's a comedian. And you might recognize him because he's in like house party and he's in like baked days and con- or half baked. And he, mm-hmm. uh, he, one night, Tammy's in bed, like in her underwear and bra. And all the like, all of them are messing around. And one of the, car- the castmates tries to pull off her blanket, and then she says, "Don't do that," and he stops. But then David goes in and does it and won't stop, and like drags her out of the bedroom, and it's a big thing. And then after that, one of the other ladies starts saying, "Like he's like a rapist," and then they start throwing around the rapist word. And then next thing you know, he gets kicked off the show.
1: Oh yeah, so, it's pretty rapey
0: yeah yeah oh absolutely it's totally inappropriate so in this incarnation real world homecoming los angeles um that's like the first thing they address and they don't let it go it's eight episodes (laughs) eight it's uh eight episodes and i can't see myself i don't know what i'm doing it's eight episodes and um they spend most of that on david and tammy but i thought it was really moving because not moving but just important to watch like how it really is a testament to like being aware of our actions and thinking about what we do because watching this man trying to explain why he did what he did in 1993 how it ruined his life because he got he got kicked off the show but he was like an aspiring comedian so he knew he had a very short amount of time between when he got kicked off and when the show would air and he knew once this airs and they start hearing everyone calling me a rapist like i'm gonna have a really hard time so in that very short window which i think he said was like a month he booked all he booked like three movies like the house party and the half baked and all that and then he booked in living color and then he said his career ended when one day on the set of in living color david allen greer he's sitting in like the dressing room with i think one of the weigh-ins and then david allen greer walks by and like walks up behind him and says hey is that you who's like pulling that blanket off that lady
1: of that black woman
0: (laughs) right and he said that was the end that was the end and he hasn't like I mean he was just over it was over for him like this one stupid thing but then I also think it's a really good conversation piece not so much that that his wrongdoing is in question but kind of like how everything um Sort of escalated very quickly and how all the women in the house basically said they don't feel safe around him and all of the
1: men Well, also, because was the what was the protocol for if something gets out of hand with the producers like was is is there not anybody on hand to step in like would they have just if he hadn't stopped who she's just gonna get raped on camera well like that's another does? thing they
0: don't really address but something else happens so they spend like four episodes um talking about this but and and when David kind of blows up on Tammy and he calls her out of her name many times like he's calling her like a like a bitch to her face like you're a bitch and you wear all these wigs which side note he was just talking shit about her like but what does it matter if she wears wigs he was just trying to like dog her out which is so like ungentlemanly and so inappropriate and like what does that have to do with anything because she wasn't doing that to you she was and you know Tammy uh about five years ago or six years ago I posted a something on Instagram about her and she blocked me but (laughs) but um I think she uh She seems like a, you know, something else, excuse me, I'm sorry. Something else that I remember from the 1993 show is when we first meet Tammy, she was working at the Gay and Lesbian Center in LA. The one that's, you know how they have that new big one off of whatever, like Orange. Yeah, that that one. It used to be somewhere else before. She used to work at that one. And she was like an HIV um, counselor, specifically helping people get their medication for free. So I remember her, like I thought that was pretty powerful, like seeing this woman and then in the original show, we spent a lot of time with her at work and talking about these patients and, and then she ended up having to quit because she said the emotional toll of seeing these people who she got to know ultimately die was too much. And then she had also signed a record deal with Capitol Records, which didn't really go anywhere it didn't really go anywhere. She was part of a group and that group actually has a song that I have on my phone because it's on the Panther soundtrack. Um, Mm -hmm. yes. And then, um, but so there's that it's just really, I, I would highly recommend it because I think the conversations that are being had about like inappropriate conduct and how people interpret it and, you know, the consequences. And also Tammy talks about like, you know, you keep talking about how it ruined your life, but you know, it also ruined my life because I became this black woman, that black woman who got this black man kicked off the show. So the narrative for her throughout her tiring career career has been, because even on Basketball Wives, she's known as being very aggressive. And so it's just very interesting. And then we also get two of the cast members, one of them, her child, comes out as trans so we see that and then the other one her nephew comes out as trans and then they bring these kids on so we get to see them sort of interact and talk about that I thought that was really great and then oh getting back to David calling her bitches and all that and talking about her wig and shit he
1: he hasn't learned a lesson like he hasn't learned his lesson
0: no and this motherfucker he's talking all this shit and walking back and forth behind her and you know I know no one's ever pushed me to the point where I want to fight, but sometimes I think sometimes people run their mouths and I can see why they get their asses whooped because he kept calling her all kinds of names and he kept walking because he was on the phone talking to like his baby mama talking shit about this other lady, you know, Tammy, and then he kept walking behind her like in the kitchen. So finally, she's like, you know what? If you want to talk to me like this, then I think you need to have a conversation with my husband. And Tammy's <laughs> husband, his name is Reggie Youngblood. He's a basketball player. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He's
0: like 13 years younger than her. She calls this man and she and she basically says like, I think you need to come down here. And all I kept thinking was like, if one night you ever called me and said like, yeah, I think you need to come down here. This man's messing with me. Like, <laughs> I mean, I would have to roll up. I'd have to roll up because it's just like, this is wild. And it's so disrespectful to me because you're talking to me. Like if I'm Tammy, I'm thinking like this man is talking to me, like dude, like zero respect. And like, I'm not going to do something. So some, so violence is never the answer people, but I can see how sometimes people get checked because you just can't do that. So she calls her man and this big ass man rolls up on one of those fucking, like those little Razor scooters that you rent on the thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He rolls up on this scooter and then getting back to what you commented about, about will production not do anything. They see him coming up and the producers grab David and they're like, we have to leave the house. And then that, that man walks in that house and he's like, I don't want anyone to say shit to me, get this camera off of me. Where is this guy? What's his name, David? And he walks through the entire house searching for him. All the while production has David like out on the beach because this house is on Venice, like right on the beach. Mm -hmm. And they keep him out in that hot ass sun until Reggie leaves. So nothing happens. But, um, yeah, I thought if, for anyone who watched the first one and was and was really underwhelmed like I was, uh, and also it was in the height of COVID, so they couldn't do anything. This one, they can go out and they like go eat. And, um, you know, in the first one, one of the cast members, Eric Nice, caught COVID. So all of his interactions were via like Zoom. So that was kind of whack.
1: I remember you um, watching that, but yeah.
0: Yeah, but anyway, moving on, since I've spent a lot of time talking, um, we, made, we made a video that I'm posting about your halfway you know we made a video about your trip uh to the festival in Berlin like you know so far so I don't need you to recount all that but I think it might be fun to hear about some other things about your trip like like you know your schedule how are you sleeping what have you been doing what have you been eating
1: uh not a lot of sleep not a lot of food uh but (laughs)
0: well you're eating um, breakfast because the hotel you have been given has a very nice like morning restaurant for breakfast
1: yeah that, that has all the essentials and you know it's it's nice uh yeah uh you know the mall that is next to the palast yep. you because know, you've been in that area remember they used to they that's completely closed down except for that grocery store what all, so those all those stores are closed yeah so all those little restaurants that were like fun and easy to get food at or closed um so there are it's mostly fast food um so I've been, usually i've been getting food at the grocery store and bringing it back but um, i had a meal today with uh, my friend tony uh at this authentic chinese restaurant that uh, he's brought me to before which is really who the great. fuck
0: is tony no
1: i'm just kidding <laughs> <clears throat>
0: If I, question, if I question you about all these men, I wouldn't, we'd have no time. So whatever,
1: no. <laughs> no, I know you've talked about Tony many times, so. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, fellow film journalist. Uh, and uh, yeah, just lots of, it, it, it's just their, um, they've spaced out screenings this year a, a lot more because of the COVID uh, protocols. But it, it you know, every morning is kind of like, there's a 25 minute period where it's like, oh, well, I, this could, life could change very quickly in a moment here, uh, if I'm positive, but, well, yeah, talk about, talk about
0: that. Um, so if you were to test positive, you would obviously have to discontinue going to screenings, and then how long would you have to quarantine? Five days. So if you caught COVID today, you would be able to quarantine and still leave on time, basically. Sure. So, So the so the least ideal scenario is finding out you have COVID like on the last day.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, well, it I guess we'll see. But they're only making press um, tests that ha- I'm required to have if I want to access any press screening or area to have a, a test every 24 hours. So it's like, you know, it, at least I feel like I know rather quickly it's not going to be a surprise. Uh, sure day before i fly out um but yeah no other than that i'm trying to think of you went out last night i did go out um i tried to go to roses first which i brought you to before but you know there's a um, you know what's so funny
0: about you saying that is we so when was i in berlin last 2018 so i recall us taking a really cute photo inside of that bar which is very cute and I posted it on my Instagram. And I then, posted on mine, or is it yours? Mine, yeah. But I also posted on mine, didn't oh, I? Sure. Well, because I got like several like like likes on that very old post recently. So I don't know how I don't know what hashtag is so fresh that it just popped up on someone's thing. But anyway, you said you
1: were trying to go to roses. Well, now there's a, a limited capacity um and you know this is a very party heavy city um so there's a huge line to get into and you know the capacity of that bar is nothing so it's tiny yeah I, like why i you know so instead i've been uh, i've gone to a mobile mobile alpha uh, which i've also brought you to before that old furniture store that they transitioned into a a gay bar with all the furniture uh glued to the ceiling uh oh that's right yes <laughs> so that uh was entertaining uh yeah it was fun all right but also contributed to you know getting very little sleep last night well that's very par for the course for you um it is you know like i i uh stretch the limits of course (laughs) but i in to answer your question going back i i don't think i've i've i have not had a moment to relax in this hotel beyond sleeping um since I arrived so but as again I was saying after Tuesday the schedule will be less frenetic and I, I can I'll have mornings where I can sleep in at least two or three um, and probably venture out and eat at you know some nicer restaurants because that's kind of the joke here in Berlin is Potsdamer Platz is like the worst eating area like there's just it has this beautiful these beautiful structures which house this major cultural event but everything around it's kind of like eh. Yeah, I
0: I recall, um, I went out last night, which is rare. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was fun, I don't feel too rough. I was out later than I would have wanted to be, but it was fine. Um, Yeah. You
1: went to Bar.
0: Oh, I went to Mm Bar, which I was so bummed because I I, I walk up with a group of people Mm -hmm. who I went with, and, um, I walk up and you know waiting in line to show my vaccination and I see a big sign on the fucking window that says like it's a big picture of Janet Jackson with like the Rhythm Nation garb and then 80s night and it was the day before so I felt a little like whatever but that bar as you know has a jukebox because there are two mm-hmm. separate parts like a dance floor with like a DJ and then the bar with like a jukebox that music plays loudly in there so one of the people who I went with put a bunch of Janet Jackson in the jukebox so that was nice um mm-hmm. but yeah it was nice uh but I, I, you know I don't drink a lot and I don't like to be up late so <laughs> it doesn't take much but then we left there and went to the Eagle which was again not you know it was okay it's just not my I enjoyed the company and it was, I had a good time, but yeah, being out late and drinking a lot is definitely. Yeah.
1: Well, it's not something I do very often. Oh, sure. It's something I enjoy,
0: but. uh... (laughs) I know you do. And I just think, well, you know, I mean, it's hard on the body. Like I'm not trying to look like, you know, people out here look crazy as hell. Like you see people out and it's just like, Jesus Christ. Like you, you're just doing too much. And I'm not even talking like people look raggedy, but I mean, they do, but it's just like, people just do too much. Like, I don't know, I don't know. We all have our vices and I have my own problems. And so I'm not being judgy per se, but I just think, I, I think what turns me off about going to bars and clubs is like people have no control of their alcohol consumption and then it gets that's true
1: but that's not my business
0: it isn't no but i mean you know it it does take away from like my experience because it's like if this bitch steps on me one more time oh sure (laughs) but
1: but you know i i'm not a stand in one place like i i like very much like right yes and i am a stand in
0: one place a dance floor
1: where i can uh you know a place where you can get away it's called dance floor here's what it's for uh yeah and you know that's great that's definitely not my vibe but um
0: so that's why I think going out to a nightclub is like a lot of work. But that being said, I did enjoy myself. I'm, I'm anxious for you to return so we can go out and have fun. Mm-hmm. But, okay, so since we don't have, uh, well, we, we do have uh, releases we didn't cover. Do you wanna review those quickly?
1: Oh, review them or bring them up or, well I mean, we actually got a, a through we got through a lot before i left um because we you know we covered four releases that opened for february 11th but uh we didn't get catch the fair one uh which i saw out of some film festival last year that i really liked this uh uh indigenous female boxer that goes looking for her um younger sister i believe who's disappeared uh a film called Fabian going to the dogs, which I reviewed out of Berlin last year during their uh, virtual uh, session, which I reviewed out of that festival. I remember liking enough. Um, There was a film with Jenny Slate and Charlie Day called I want you back uh, for Amazon. Oh, I saw that trailer. Actually, I would. I like both of those people, but we just didn't have time. And uh, Josephine Decker has a new movie called the skies everywhere. And I liked Josephine's Shirley Jackson biopic with Elizabeth Moss um, and her earlier experimental stuff. So I would have I would have liked to see that, but you know, there was a lot going on. All right, so uh, we didn't really watch any
0: movies for fun, besides Homicidal. Which we reviewed
1: on the channel. We did, but it because you know it's a William Castle classic, if you will, and we were inspired to rewatch uh, *Straight Jacket*. Uh, oh, we watched *Straight Jacket* for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a very good one. Everything in that: uh, Leif Ericksen, I... oh, Diane oh, Baker, sorry. George Kennedy, like
0: every. <laughs> I was going to say that's a movie I could watch like regularly because it's just every time, like just watching Joan Crawford, especially (laughs) she's just so good.
1: Well, she's, she's got those jangling fucking bracelets.
0: Uh And then she looks so fragile. And then it's so creepy that her daughter is trying to get her to look like how she looked when she was younger. But then it's, it's, it's sort of like, it's kind of meta because she was not, appropriately cast as her younger self like
1: right and and then also like uh played Christina Crawford's role in that soap opera the same character that um you know it, and it's funny because I'm also a, a big fan of serial mom and John waters shows a clip of that mo- straight jacket in serial mom but he also takes little references uh because Kathleen Turner kills a couple uh that's very much like the Diane Baker's would-be in-laws in in this movie with the milk drinking and eating oh god well okay so for the secret film we didn't finish it but you had never seen berserk you'd watch oh yeah we need to finish that well we can save to talk about that because berserk is also something special yeah
0: Okay, so for the secret film, uh, we had received several comments about this movie. And then when I, you were in the room with me when we watched the trailer for it during the Janet Jackson documentary on Lifetime. And I was like, I have to watch this. The movie is called Single Black Female. It Mm -hmm. uh, is a movie for Lifetime. We knew from, or I knew from the trailer that this was not going to be a great movie, but- Oh,
1: I, I knew that too from the trailer, yeah. yeah.
0: Lifetime, but I know what to expect from Lifetime. And I like many Lifetime movies because I find them entertaining, um, knowing that they're not the most well-produced or written and, or acted, but, some, but the storylines are so ridiculous that it's just fun to watch. So Single Black Female. Did I enjoy it? It was entertaining, but it's a terrible movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like worse than what you would expect for Lifetime.
1: Oh, okay. shit. Okay.
0: The basic story is there is a woman named Monica who is a morning show co host for a station in Houston. And we see that very recently her father has died and she has dumped her boyfriend because someone sent her a video of him having sex with someone else. Can you believe? So she so she breaks up with him. Okay. So she's not having a good week and then she gets to work and her boss says like, he's not even looking for her. She, she actually goes to find her boss to ask him a question. And her boss goes, oh, by the way, your assistant quit, but I found you another one. And she's like, well, without my input, he's like, I think you'll like her. And then he's like, do you want to meet her? Like, you weren't even looking for me. And you have this lady sitting in your office, like just for whatever. So they go into the office and it's this woman named Simone. And so Brand- yeah, she should have been named Brandy. Monica, actually, she should have been named Brandy, but her name is Simone. So okay. Simone looks like Monica and Simone is played by Amber Riley and the other lady I can't recall but you know they're two sort of plus-size black women with you know similar hair and so they do look very similar and the way things are shot sometimes it's like I'm not quite sure who I'm looking at but to wrap it up fucking Simone from within the first 10 minutes you know what the gag is the gag is some. Monica's dad the one who just died he's a very notable person because he was like Houston's like longest running mayor and these people are rich they're like well known and regarded in the city this fool had a kid like had an affair and produced this girl who's like similar age to Monica okay so that's the gag which is obvious like right away because in the opening of the film there's a funeral for the dad and all everyone talks about is like how honest he was and how important telling the truth is and then then, in like five minutes later you see this like random lady out of nowhere who looks just like the lady so it's like oh that's her sister like immediately you're like that's her sister and then this lady Simone is Um, upset because she spent her life without her dad and then we find out Simone killed her mom like lit the house on fire while her mom was in the house the dad she killed it's very Teton she killed the dad she the sex tape that Monica received that was her in that video she drugged that lady's her her half-sister's man, she drugged him, had sex with him, video recorded it, and then sent it.
1: Okay, so now she, it's heartbreakers, okay.
0: She, in the trailer, you see that she moves in next door to Monica, like in this duplex. In order to do that, she had to get rid of the neighbor. She kills that lady, decapitates her, and has her head in her backpack. It's... It's ridiculous, but ultimately, Monica, like there's a final showdown in her parents' house and she kills Simone.
1: Does Be- the title fit?
0: It fits because, so Monica's best friend, who's named BB, is played by K. Michelle. Mm-hmm. And K. Michelle is like the sensible friend who's like, why, this bitch is crazy. Like, why, like, don't trust her. Why are you she's like this is some single white female shit or in our case single black female so okay yeah. so it's like directly
1: referencing that story. yeah so she
0: says it but mm-hmm. um i i, I don't want to spend too much time on this but this movie was so crazy i have so many notes like literally a through z like there's so many notes but so i'm gonna go through them really fast the writing is subpar even for a lifetime there are just so many things that don't make any fucking sense. The gag is so obvious within the first 10 minutes that it's just like, I don't know. It, it just like, it shot its load so fast that they're really, even the crazy shit, like she killed her damn mama, she killed her dad. The lady's head is in a, I, the way I'm saying it sounds crazy, but when it happened, I'm like, okay, well, obviously she killed the neighbor you know like and then when you hear she killed her mom and had to spend time in a psychiatric ward it's like well obviously this lady's crazy the music in this movie is like it's on the level of the room you are my rose you are my rose, like it's like that Mm -hmm. it's really bad and then they use a lot of stock like footage of like houston like the skyline at night that's really bad the hair situation in this movie is out of control. So, Monica's boyfriend, the first one, who I believe was named Andre, a very handsome man. And then there's another guy at her job cuz she's dumped Andre, and then there's another guy at her job who she's kind of smitten by named Eric. Eric is also a very handsome man. He they both they both look very similar and they remind me of that guy from um True to the Game to the bad guy andra oh from black jesus yes yeah yeah from black yeah the sexy one from black jesus they look like him so they're very handsome but they both have haircuts like like when mine is very short and it's and they're lined up but they have like the tyler perry special where it's like they're clearly going bald so then they Mm. spray like temporary color or fiber into their hair that shit looks so whack because you know lifetime is like super hd and it's it just looks terrible then monica's wigs are sitting on her head it's like they don't even try and then whoever in i wouldn't even call it an install it's like whoever put that hair hat on her you know you're supposed to try to depending on the color of the lace you're, you're supposed to match like whatever foundation or whatever color your face is, you put that on the part so that it looks, so that the lace scalp is the same color as your fucking face. So whoever did Monica's didn't paint her part the same color as her face. And then you can see the line. It's just, and then Simone, her hair looks good most of the time, but there are a couple of scenes where she's wearing a different wig and it's just, it, it's crazy. It's almost like there's one scene where her hair looks like if Donald Trump were a Black lady and wanted the same hairstyle, that's what it would look like. Like a really far part that's like swooped unbelievably to the side. Then, so I think Kay Michelle is beautiful.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think she's beautiful mm-hmm. and she looks great in the movie. But her hair game is in one scene, like the, the opening of the film is crazy. But what's more crazy about her? are her fucking eyelashes. It looks like she has tarantulas on her face. And I'm not kidding. Her eyelashes are like drag queen, like 301s. They're like, it's just unbelievable how, and they're probably like individual lashes, but still it's out of control. Also, I like K. Michelle, you you know, you were, you also watched a little bit of her show about like cosmetic surgery and- Yes. She seems like a very sweet lady and I do like She has some songs I like. That lady can't act. (laughs) She just cannot act. I enjoyed seeing her on screen, but she can't act. Okay. Janet Hubert plays Monica's mom. And we know Janet as the original Aunt Viv from The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air.
1: Oh, yes. We just... Isn't she in um, Clemency? Clemency? With Alfred Woodard. Is she? Oh, she's
0: the mom of the the guy who's on... Okay. She... She, I, I wrote down she's too good for this, but in a good way because that lady is serving face. If for no other reason, watch this movie because every scene Janet Hubert is in.
1: did it like, like Sissy Houston behind Aretha face or? Yes. <laughs> okay. Like, so at the end of the
0: film, the final scene, Simone, the crazy half-sister kidnaps... Janet, Monica's mom. And she has her tied up like Silence of the Lamb style, like in a closet somewhere. And she, when Simone says, I killed my dad. So then Janet finds out like this bitch killed my husband. Her reaction is so funny. And then just every scene, she's just serving face. She's making eyes and then whoever did her makeup, it's not the best and they made her eyebrows very strong. So she's like doing her eyebrows and these expressions because this lady still has like the ability to express herself with her face. It is so good. Um, So yeah, I would recommend this movie just to watch her. Okay, so sort of like the main storyline for Monica is that she's like this co-host for this morning talk show. And the main person who like has the big show in Houston is retiring or whatever. So it's between the two co-hosts, Monica and this white girl named Ellie. And then there's, the writing is just so bad. There's a scene where Ellie is talking shit about Monica on the phone, right in front of her assistant, Simone. So you're talking shit about Monica in front of her assistant who looks just like her. So even if you didn't realize this is her assistant, then you would think it's actually her because they look exactly the same. And she's just talking all this shit. I just thought that was such terrible writing. And then I'm not fat shaming, but these are some big ass ladies. And there's a scene that I thought was kind of shady because um, of course, Simone moves in next to... Monica, because she's trying to get all up in her business and trying to spend time with her. And there's a scene where she says, like, do you want to go grab dinner? And Monica's like, oh, I don't have much of an appetite. And the way it's like played, I felt was kind of shady. Like as the audience, were like, you're not hungry. Oh, um, well,
1: they're not hungry all day long.
0: Monica, so she gets this new assistant who I didn't choose. I didn't even know my old assistant had quit. And now I have this new bitch. And literally within the first day, they're like hanging out. Like they're at her house. They're like in pajamas talking. It is so unprofessional. I just, then-
1: My thought after watching the preview was, it reminded me of an office I worked in once where I worked with a Porsche and a Karsha and whoever the secretary was, couldn't hear very well because those names sound familiar and are vehicular related. And every every day I would hear "Karsha, Karsha or Porsche, Porsche or Karsha. So
0: then there's a scene where Monica, um, I mean, sorry, Simone gives Monica a C, like a burned CD of Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. And then she hops in her car and she had the same car I had, like my last car, the BMW. And she like pops in the CD, but it's like that car doesn't have a CD player. (laughs) I just thought the writing, like the details big and small are <laughs> just missing from this movie entirely like that movie with Neil Long where the iPhone is. Yes. Yes. But I did enjoy that movie more. Um, yes. Then there's a scene. <clears throat> so the, so the two co-hosts, Monica and the white lady are meeting with the, the, the big host who's leaving. And she's like, you know, I don't want to presume I have any control over who's going to be chosen, but I thought I should at least meet with you and talk to you a little bit. And then the two start arguing with each other because they feel like they have to, sort of one up one another. And then this lady who happens to be black, she says the feistiness between the two of you will serve you well. And that message is made like at least three times in this movie. And I didn't think, I, I don't think I, I don't agree with that message. And I think it's a really odd message to send, especially on a channel that is supposed to be for women. And then mm-hmm. especially a movie with like a black, you know, p- primarily black cast that this is the message we're sending. I just thought it was a really weird choice. You should be at each other's throats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's essentially what the message is. Um, Monica, her personality made her seem like she was mentally ill, but she's not the mentally ill one. The, The one who's supposed to be normal seems like she's mentally ill because there are scenes where she's just like looking down and doesn't really respond. And then the other characters talk like just talking and all of a sudden she's like, uh-huh. yeah girl you look great let's go out and then she'll be down again I just don't I don't understand these choices that were made Simone there are a couple of scenes of her freaking out because she's told information she doesn't want to hear specifically mm-hmm. in an elevator and back at her house where she's tearing shit up that is mm-hmm. crazy then there's a scene where because it is very single white female and that Simone wants to sort of be with the man Monica likes And there's a scene where Monica's having sex with this man and Simone sneaks into the house and is watching them. And Nick, when I tell you that all you see is Simone looking through a cracked door and like being like, oh, oh yeah. And then she starts masturbating. And then we don't we to, sounds,
1: that sounds like divine in a John Waters movie.
0: <laughs> it is very campy because it's just like I can't believe we're seeing this. And then, you know, of course they can't show like her touching, like we don't see her touching her vagina. So it's all very much being played out in her face. And then it looks like she's like like climaxed. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't believe I just watched this. <laughs> um, so after after Monica finds out everything, like Like, finds out that that's her sister and she did all this bullshit. And then Monica confronts Simone. She utters these words. You know what? You're fired. Like, (laughs) Um, I'm only a little bit more than that. Like, um, a funny scene is Kay Michelle, who's very suspect of Simone, uh, the assistant, like, throughout the film, Um, at one point, is like doing she's like doing like catfish research and she comes up she finds like a mutual friend on Facebook and calls this person and just one of those scenes where like this random stranger calls you about a person you know and you immediately tell everything I hate that who would ever do that who would ever do that Like I don't know you. You messaged me out of the blue. And now you're asking about someone who I have like a negative association with. And I'm just gonna tell you everything they did and everything they did to me. Okay. I only have one of two more notes. Uh, there's a scene where Kay Michelle, it's at the very end of the film, the way she's dressed, she's wearing very tight black leather pants, a red dress. So she has on a full red dress that has a very high slit up to like the waist. So one full leg is showing. So she's wearing this red dress over black leather pants. And then she has this like white snakeskin bolero jacket, like over all of it. That's one of the craziest outfits I can recall seeing in a very long time. Um,
1: Oh, it sounds
0: interesting. I, well, you probably would, yeah, I I, I could see you thinking. I'd like, probably be like,
1: I'd wear that.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so the writing's terrible, but I do think some of the, some of the, you know, some of the things that people say sound like something I would say, like, <laughs> like there's a scene where Kay Michelle's arguing with Simone and she's like, I swear, if you touch her, I'm gonna beat your ass. And then she goes, you ain't gonna do shit. Like, so there's stuff like that, that of course I think is funny. Um but the the sort of uh, what do you always say the denouement?
1: Yeah, the denouement.
0: What does that mean? Like the, the 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 culmination or? Yeah, like the finish. The so the denouement is K-Michelle and Simone are fighting in this house while the house is on fire and Monica's trying to pull her mom out of the house. That fight scene is laughably bad, laughably bad. Then the then after like. Simone's killed the police come then there's a scene where Monica and her mom are at the cemetery looking at (laughs) the lighting the cinematography so the writing is bad even for lifetime the cinematography is bad because most lifetime movies are either very like glossy bright HD or they have that sort of dark gritty vibe but this one is like a combination of like those two things plus there are many scenes where I am certain that was like an iPhone propped up on the floor and then the end of the movie we see Monica get her own show so all's well that ends well but all I want to say about this is you know I love seeing Black people on TV and I love seeing stories that don't necessarily how do I say this I love seeing like Black people in stories where it's like, they don't have to be Black to be, like this could be anyone, but then because they're Black characters, it adds a little something different. And I really like that. Um, Even though it's so poorly written, I need Janet Hubert to be like, you know how Vivica A. Fox is now like sort of like a lifetime queen. I feel mm-hmm. like Janet Hubert should be. She's just so good. She she could be like one of those like grand doms who like plays these roles where she's just like nothing but eyes and face, and so I really like that. And then yeah,
1: and I maybe think a, a little easier to um, corral than Jennifer Lewis per se. Oh God, I'm I can't even. I, I would love to watch like a.
0: I would love to hear what's his name, Kenya Burris, or. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear him talk about how it was trying to direct uh, Jennifer Lewis on (laughs) Blackish, because she's so damn, even like RuPaul having her on his podcast and you could tell he was like, girl. I think it's a
1: lot like how Tina Fey would describe Elaine Stritch in 30 Rock. Like it's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot, it's a lot. She's exhausting, but no, Jenny Hubert seems so
0: professional and she seemed like she understood like the assignment and then of course the two leads i just it was just really great seeing like these plus size black women play these roles and their size was never like a thing and i thought they actually were beyond the shitty 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 writing and the bad wig on one of them i thought they had a lot of screen presence so so i'm excited that um you know lifetime cuz looking through lifetime's catalog of movies there are a lot of movies that have many black you know like primarily black casts So that's great, but yeah, this shit, I don't know if it's the pandemic, but it feels very. um,
1: Well, the pandemic certainly isn't helping anyone's. uh, No, it feels very limited. Like lots of very close up
0: shots where like they're, they're in places where there should be a hundred people and there are only three, like, (laughs) but I went on and on about the movie you didn't watch. So thank you for sitting there. But I hope all the people who wanted us to talk about a uh, single black female are satisfied.
1: Well, I would have watched if I wasn't across the world.
0: I know, but I miss you. Uh, I miss you too. I hope, I hope you miss me. Yeah, I, I just, as I said, can you tell the world that?
1: I just said it. Say it again, and tell the world how much I mean to you. <laughs> bitch you have a poem an original poem waiting for you in a valentine's day card tomorrow tell the
0: world tell the world how no one could compare to me as much Sinead as might
1: try, as Sinead o'connor said nothing compares to you but i don't know anyone, but with, I, with, with some sincerity please i, I, I don't like need, i don't need a cup full of your sarcasm go <laughs> ahead Take two. I'm like borderline delirious right now it's you better shape you better shape up before you get shipped out so take two go ahead <laughs> why don't you go open your car tomorrow and then we'll talk
0: wow I can't even get a simple he doesn't I, want
1: to do I said I said I missed you. <laughs>
0: wow that's like in the movies where you're trying to get the person on the phone to say i love you and they won't say it because they're around people who don't want to
1: hear that (laughs) no i'm just um yes i'm happy to be coming home shortly in a week What is today a week (laughs) that's not what i asked you to do but okay wait wait
0: no i'm just being funny i'm just being
1: funny well, you know, actions speak louder than words, and I have a track record track record of actions. Thank you of
0: of, of being ratchet.
1: What are you talking about? Ratchet. <laughs> you're not no. gonna put that. You're not gonna put this out here and put that on me.
0: No, I I I adore you, and you mean the world to me, and I miss you, and uh, yeah, it's weird being home alone. Although I think the fact that I'm in a new space. Um, It actually works well because I think I've spent, it's only been four days, but I feel like I've spent four days like acclimating to my new space because right after we moved in, I went on that cruise. So it's not like I've had, and then I've been so busy with work, but um, yeah. So I feel like I'm becoming one with my space. So that's good.
1: That's good. Yeah, That's how I felt when you were gone as well. Like I I became used to it Mm -hmm. in the neighborhood and running. And yeah. Do you have anything else to say? No, just have a lot more movies to watch still. And
0: I have a review to finish before I go to bed. But yeah. That sounds very exciting. Okay. Well, thank you for listening. Mm -hmm. And I'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm. Okay, bye.